So, welcome to the podcast. This is the Ana McNamara podcast, and today we have James, who just disappeared on me, uh, PT Chef James, all the way from sunny London. <laughs> Thanks. James. Just east of London, yeah. East of London, yeah. Um, James, just like for anyone that doesn't know who you are, like I guess a brief kind of introduction, who are you? Cool, perfect. So my name is James. I've been a personal trainer um, for about eight years now. Um, first, I was a chef. Um, so I've always kept in touch with the two, mixing chefing and um, PTing together. Um, I have been fortunate enough to work in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and the UK, um, doing a mix of both PTing and, and chefing, um, mostly one-to-one personal training um, in person. And currently in Blighty, um, been doing a mix of chefing and PTing again, um, and then dipping my toe into the online world, doing online training, which I have now decided to fully commit myself to. So I have now just I've decided no more chefing, and I'm just going to go all in on my personal training online and local personal training one to one with local clients. That's about it, really. Yeah, so that gives uh, that gives us a, a fairly good understanding of where you are at the minute. So um, I met you in London at like a seminar, and um, at the time you were doing like one to one PTs, and then kind of went back to chef, and now you're going to full time online as well. Is that cause of the way like COVID has kind of went and stuff, or is it more that it's something you always wanted to do, and that was a good opportunity, or? Yeah, so I have been wanting to go online for, I would say, at least two years now. Um, But I have always just been very money-driven in terms of saving and getting myself ready for the next steps just within life in general. And I fall back into the trap of doing what I'm good at before taking the time to get better at something, which is just naturally human, I feel. Um, So I'm a very good chef, which means I can take a well-paid chef job quite high up and earn good money in that, which means I can save money. Whereas running a PT business takes time. um, And like you can get some fluctuations throughout the year. I used to get quite annoyed being self-employed with having to sort out your own taxes and stuff. That kind of end of it annoyed me. But with the last lockdown, I put in like so much effort into my personal training and um, content and learning to be better within myself um, just through uh, human movement systems, digestion, um, understanding like calorie uptake, from um like micronutrient perspective and yeah i just was like i'm doing all this to to go back to a chef job to then part-time pt again i was like i need to just go all in on pt so now we're in this lockdown i 
decided to get myself a mentor because coaches need coaches. And um, yeah, just invest in myself and upskill to deliver the best quality service I can for the best results I can whilst doing it remotely and um, getting clients the results they deserve. Yeah, uh, that's perfect. And like, it's obviously, like you said, you're good at chefing and it was something you like. Did you feel like you just like love the training side of things more or is it just that you wanted to try new things with it? Um, I think it was actually the the job satisfaction side of it. Yeah. Bigger than anything. Um, you can look at a plate of food and go, oh, that looks yeah. nice. Or you can look at um, a client in the eyes and have them tell you how much you've changed their life, which yeah. is like extremely humbling. You yeah. know, like yeah. to Definitely. have someone in front of you and say, I never wanted to step foot into a gym, but I was told from friends or from your clients that your character and how you are with people would get the best out of me. Like to have them admit that to you is like, it's really, really touching. And it, that, that is what um, makes PTing so awesome as well as getting them the result mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely agree with that as well. I think there's nothing more rewarding, like you said, like when you get someone, when you get someone that's that said like in a lot of ways that you you change their life like you know because i get a lot of clients that come to me and for the first time ever they're actually losing weight successfully and understanding their food and training and just their their own habits like so for the first time ever like they would have tried like slim and world they would have tried a number of different diets and things but like not much success and now they're in a place where they're like this makes sense and they've made more progress in 10 to 15 weeks than they have in their whole life. And they'll come to me and say like, you know, that because of that, they've come off their antidepressants, like with the doctor's permission and all that, or because of that, they now fit into jeans and feel comfortable or that they can, they can like go on holiday without worrying about how they look and stuff. Um, there's loads of little things like that that are like genuinely life changing for people, because if you can, instill like confidence and happiness and more self-worth into people um it's literally like life-changing and that's that's kind of the experience of the gym what the gym was for me when i first went to the gym it literally like changed my life so i that's that's how i completely agree with that as well i love to like what i try to do is how can i how can i mimic that with clients how can i put myself in their shoes and say okay how do what do they need to work on what do they need to 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 get over what barriers do they need to like break down and it's like like you said it's very humbling um why the name pt chef james <laughs> it's a cool name well being a chef and a pt it was like no brainer how can i how can i incorporate the two so people would know it also it actually's like within the fitness industry stands out more than just um, like James Stewart Fitness or yeah. Personal Trainer James or whatever you know, it's just it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, and I just like I will always keep to my chefing roots. I think because it's kind of like learning to ride a bike. I'd say you're not gonna 
like forget how to make nice <laughs> tasty di- dishes no and like i think my grandmother would kill me as well you know she's <laughs> the one that got me cooking from the age of three and like i just naturally through her and like my mom um and other people like yeah 15 16 i was like a much much higher level of like um knife skills and understanding of food than many of my peers around that kind of age as well so chefing is is like such an amazing tool as well like like when I always really laugh because I'm such a I'm such a hard person to please when it comes to food. Like there's there's only been one time in the last year, well, a bit over a year now, where I've sat down and had a meal and gone, "Whoa, this is amazing!" You know, like I never sit down and say, "Whoa, this is amazing." If anyone says to me, "Oh, how how's your dinner?" Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. never amazing. So it's like, like and when, when other people say to me like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, really? This is just kind of standard what I cook. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. to me, it's not amazing at all, you know? It's not like tingling the taste buds. Um, no, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, with the chef and then as well, I know, because I've had like clients in the past that have been chefs and... I've like worked in hotels as like in gyms and hotels where I've seen chefs work and it seems very, very stressful. Um, was it stressful for you? Like uh, being a chef and like, how did you, for anyone that is a chef or in a similar role where they're just working on their feet, like all day and everything has to be perfect all the time. Like how do you manage the stress that comes with it? Um, so for you? when I was chefing in my younger days, I handled my stress really badly. I would, yeah. I would drink a lot. I would smoke. Yeah, I was very overweight, um, and you you're abused, like literally abused in kitchens. Yeah. Depending yeah. on where you are, depending on what kind of ranking you are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I had plates of food thrown at me. I had um, days where I was told that I was a fat, useless. See you next Tuesday every day. Uh, for like a year and a half, um, mm. like my head chef coming up to me, I don't know why I bothered even hiring you. You're so slow. You're so fat. You're so useless. And that's literally, that's drilled into you every yeah. single day. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult. You're like, oh man. So coping with that was like, you would lean on the other team members of the kitchen. You would lean on like your peers and stuff. And normally it would end up pretty much every night ending up drinking at least five or six beers every night to kind of like de-stress um, and then to get yourself ready for a, another whiplash in the next day. Um, but not all kitchens are like that and the kitchen industry is changing. But uh, yes, you, you build up a bit of resilience you get them backbone but then unfortunately that then gets passed down onto you as you rise up the ranks so now when i step into a kitchen or like when i have stepped into a kitchen previously like i don't take any bs from anyone i've told 
general managers to leave in a non-polite way. I've also told like more senior chefs to um, go swivel uh, in another less polite way because someone that has had that amount of experience, you just know you're like, look, I'm thinking of this. I know what I can do. I know what I can bring to the table. Take it or leave it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where like you have that, that level of confidence and stuff. But being a chef is extremely stressful. Cortisol levels are high all the time. There's lots of drink. There's lots of smoking. The only time you get a break is if you smoke a lot of the time. Yeah. The only time you eat is if you're cooking a meal for someone and there's a little bit left over and you're just like hammering a bit of food away. And then, yeah, you don't get time really. Like you're working between... On, I'd say the average chef works between 10 and 15 hours a day. Yeah, that's... Like that's five, five, six, seven days sometimes. Like it just depends depends on the business and depends and on the structure. Just with that, you said like you, you had like a lot... Like stress is a lot worse when in your younger days of chef and like... Um, are there other ways that you like found that helped manage stress besides like drinking and smoking, like other ways to like, yeah, so work and stuff? Besides? When I, yeah. when I, I was working in London in a five star hotel and when I left there, um, I moved back home out to the countryside here and I actually started to get praise for my work. Like my, um, my chef would be like, Oh, you're, actually quite quick and you're actually like quite reliable and you're actually quite good and you know how to cook stuff and I was like oh for the last year and a half I've been told I'm a donkey like literally and that that's like that was like a real pivotal turning point for me like I started getting back into playing rugby I wanted to get fitter I wanted to lose weight so I, I made it like a point to like run every night after work yeah. no matter how many hours work I did no matter what um what kind of day I did I, I'd run like between five and ten k yeah and I lost I, I became skinny fat like I lost just, so just as well weight. for anyone that doesn't know you because I may or may not use the video part of this um like what height are you because you're a big guy <laughs> I'm, I'm six foot seven. Somebody giving you shit in the kitchen as well, and you telling them to go and do one. Like I'm like, okay, <laughs> I think I'd listen to you. Yeah, like I don't, I don't like to use my my height or my size to my advantage because yeah. that's just bullying. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I like, I like to think that I can coerce people onto my side to get them to do what I want them to do by them respecting me and but actually seeing that I'm not a complete um, horrible person yeah. whereas like normally from the powers above it's like the head chef tells you what to do and he's like do this do this do this and you're like yes chef yeah doesn't matter whether he's right or wrong yeah I think sometimes you need to stand up a little bit though that's the only way to get respect like mm. in just going from past experience when I've had managers and assistant managers and like like you being told like different things, smile more, you don't look happy, like like start being more friendly to people, like just things like this and um but just other things as well telling telling you like you're not moving fast enough when you're doing stuff and just like 
I've like even had a manager like try to blackmail me twice over things and it was just a horrible experience. But what I didn't do then is because I was only kind of 15, 16, like between probably 16 and 20, I was still kind of learning, learning different things, I guess, and learning to stand up for myself. Never really did. I just listened to it and took it, didn't say anything about it. Whereas now I'm, I'm very clear. Like, I'm like, if you give me shit, like, and I didn't give you shit, I'm like, I'm not going to take that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a rag doll or like a, a fucking pinata for you to just swing your bat at. Like, <laughs> that's not what you are, do you know? So but that what, comes what with what happens is the, the manager is getting stressed from the owner of the hotel. The owner is getting stressed from the money side of things or even his, his yeah. superior. And, um, it's just, it's dripping down. Like, and then you take that and you're expected to go home then to your family or whatever. Uh, partners and stuff and being the best form ever and usually if there's a trickle effect you will start taking out on other people as well so it is important that you do have like time where you can just say okay this is work you know some people in there might be fucking assholes it is what it is unfortunately unless you're in a position to change it which most people right now won't be with COVID um but it's like yeah that's work but when you get home that's not work that's a different it's a different situation you're with different people you have to kind of deal with that. Leave it in its leave work in one box and and the other you in another box. Yeah, definitely. It can be difficult though because um, it's difficult to not take things personally. Like even as a PT, like when a client says they're going to leave you, you take it personally because you're like, "What have I not done that yeah. has been able to help you? Like, what have I let you down with? Like, how could I have been better?" and as coaches, like we should always be striving to um, improve our service, improve our delivery in order to get the best result possible for our clients. And um, the tricky thing is, is that that takes time. Like you're not going to know everything overnight. And that takes, it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of reinvesting, um, in yourself uh, to go on courses to upskill um, and all those things. So yeah, it can, can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. And <clears throat> are there certain ways of, cause I know I even had this conversation with someone only yesterday about like um, stress management. So like for me, luckily enough, like this year besides COVID and stuff, my stress is actually quite low. It's probably the lowest it's ever been. But I know at the time when I met you, my stress was through the roof because my watch went off that day and it said, like, and I usually don't, like I have these, I look at them for numbers, but I don't say this is the be all or end all. But when your watch sends you a notification, says you got no, you did not get enough restful moments today. And if you keep that up, like you're going to like, I don't know, like start fucking getting serious, like physical and mental problems from this. Yeah. Like it wasn't exactly that message with the watch like popped up saying you need more restful moments or you're going to your health is going to deteriorate basically and i was like yeah oh, that's what it was it was stress and i was at the point where i actually was so like just wound up and overwhelmed and stressed from just juggling too much and not having downtime that i couldn't retain any information at the course like at all like my brain was fried um yeah so i think as well that's kind of just um that's kind of like just where you get a bit too wound up and just hit a point where it's like too much and you just kind of crash. So with that, I've kind of learned things that have helped me and stuff about my managing stress and just 
just reducing the stress like is is one of the most important things so there's a lot of things that can cause you stress and you have to ask yourself is this thing necessary do i actually need it so like what things that's a long kind of winter question but what things worked for you to help you manage stress because i know i've definitely managed my stress in a lot of ways and i just want to hear so, somebody who's working in a busy chefing environment so i'm going to go completely um u-turn here i'm going okay. to i'm going to step away from chefing i'm going to step into my own personal life right now yeah no because worries. this last two two months has probably been the most stressful two months of my life yeah and um it's been a massive learning curve for me so once we were back at work i decided to not take back on any of my one-to-one -one pt clients because people have made redundancies people didn't have money and i was like okay I also had a friend who owned a restaurant who needed help. So I said that I would help him out as well as doing my other full-time job. Now that led me to be doing between 77 and I think my top week was 86 hours a week um, for six weeks. And I did 36 days consecutive work without a day off. Yeah, from... 36 days Jesus Christ so I did from the I did I had the August bank holiday Sunday off and I didn't have my next day off until the 6th of October Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> a bit of silence there. I had to go and close the door. There's way too much background noise. It's a pan. Oh, okay. Banging and clanging. Um, yeah, so with, with what you said there, you took like a U-turn and you're just kind of talking about what's been going on for you the last few months. And you said it was a big like learning curve as well. So what did you, what did you take from it? Because I know as well, for me, like, yes, this year has been shit in, in a lot of ways, to put it mildly. Um, for me, like there's been a lot of times where it's just been fucking tough, like with various different things, largely to yeah. lockdown, losing my job, um, nearly losing a family member, things like that. And <clears throat> it's easy to like just kind of fall in the trap, like, oh, this is this is fucking awful and play the blame game and just say, why me? Um, but what, I, what I've been trying to do is look at it and say, okay, you know, like, what can I take from this? Like, what can I learn from this? What is this trying to teach me? Because everything that, does happen and where you are right now is exactly where you need to be in order to get where you need and want to be like i do believe that so what what's been the main what's been the big learning curve for you um, so the big learning curve for me was from all of the work that i need to put all of my all of my work ethic and efforts into what i really want to be doing to build where I want to be, not where I am now, but in like a year's time. So yeah. I um, decided that I would get a mentor um, and a coach. I had another coach um, throughout for the last like six months, 
um, but didn't really feel like I got the most out of them and they didn't bring the most out of me. So I decided to swap coaches, um, essentially. And I've only been with this coach for like two weeks, but I am already feeling the benefits of it. Not necessarily financially, but um, through mental clarity and um, having a direction and a purpose. So um, something that I really struggle with is is overwhelm and um, like my anxiety can get quite quite high and really stressful sometimes um and i've had like counseling in the past i've had like a well-being coach and throughout this lockdown i was speaking to a well-being coach who literally took my brain that was like a big pile of spaghetti and just was like pull a couple of strands of spaghetti out which yeah. then meant that the rest of my brain could really like yeah, help figure things out, de-stress. I could bring myself back to where I needed to be. Yeah. Um, and just like, like, I mean, I'm currently in a transition phase of like going from working in a restaurant, working in another restaurant to then, now I'm just working from home. So I'm now having to set up my own boundaries of work, um, what I'm consuming food-wise, content-wise, um, whether it's YouTube, Netflix, my mentors' um, videos and coaching through that stuff. And um, just having really good support around you, like um, my fiance. I'm engaged to an American girl, and I'm... Uh, trying to get over to America to see her. I was meant to be flying to Bermuda on Friday, just gone. But with the lockdown, I couldn't. So that has been really stressful. Like I was on to Bermudan Embassy. I was calling British Airways. I was like trying to figure out everything I could and whether I could fly or not. And they were like, no, you can't fly because it's not business, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like, really really stressful like um like because you're worrying about other people's feelings as well right so i was worried about my fiance worried about um other family members because i'd be leaving them and then like coming back and all that stuff so um being open and honest with like the people that you need to be open and honest with like is the best thing I think like you have to have tough conversations in order to move forward. Like, Mm -hmm. and I would say that's the same with your clients as well. Like sometimes a client won't be getting a result or won't be seeing the changes they want because they're lying to you. (laughs) Like, and there may be people listening to just be like, I don't lie. But you do. We all like one, one, you're human. Yeah. And, and it's just natural to want to lie about things. Like, like people exaggerate things that they shouldn't exaggerate, and then people like underestimate things they shouldn't underestimate because they want to give themselves that leeway. Mm-hmm. It's like the classic example is as a young adolescent <laughs> <laughs> you pulling just- out your best 
yeah. pulling out your best 80s disco moves, oosh, you, <laughs> you would embezzle how many, uh, not embezzle, embellish, uh, how many shots and how many beers you had the night before because you wanted to tell your mates, well, I had 15 pints and four yeah. shots of Jaeger. You're a liar yeah. because you would be you know you upside have down spewing your guts up. You'd be in the hospital getting pumped if you had 15 pints. Well. Stop lying. Not you, not you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not me. No, no, judge the drinking. size of you, I think you could manage 15. I think I'd be dead at 15. I, in my heyday, <laughs> yeah, I could. I could do it. Yeah. Um, but then it comes back to the whole point of this is like the lying point is that when you are meant to be tracking your macros and like counting your calories, like people will be like, Oh, I've only had 60 grams worth of um, oats in my breakfast. Da, 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 da. And you're like, really? Okay, cool. So show me what 60 grams of oats looks like. And they'll go, uh, well, it's 60 grams. I'm like, okay, so do you use scales to weigh it out? They're like, no. I'm like, well, how do you know that it's 60 grams? Well, cause I know. So, and I've done this before. I've yeah. physically made someone weigh out their oats in front of me. And they'd be like, oh, 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 it's actually 90 grams. I'm like, right. So if we take the energy input-output for those oats, you're already overshooting your calories by 300 calories on your breakfast alone. Yeah. By the time you've added in your banana, your honey, your yeah. Maybe whatever else is going in there. The berries, the fruit, the granola, the natural yogurt. Exactly. And like people, yeah. people get like, oh, that's too picky. It's like, yes, it can be too picky, but what do you want? Do you want to be picky and lose weight? Or do you want to not what? be picky and stay unha- like unsatisfied with where you are? Yeah, I think if you can take out the guesswork, like you're going to be, you're just going to get a lot better results. And that's it. Even I do. Like I lie to myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I only had I only had 50 grams of oats. I had 100 grams of oats. I did not have 50 grams of oats. I wanted to have 50 grams of oats, but I know that like I didn't have fucking 50 grams of oats. So even when I'm tracking it, I think there was a study done. Um, I, I'm not going to like tell you exactly what it's called or anything, but I did read it before. It was a study done. Um, and it was on the accuracy of food tracking. And I think they even used nutritionists um, or a few dietitians in the study to see. And even people who were trained in that specific area know well how to do it. They still lied. There was like, there was a high rate of dishonesty, you know? Um, And it's, it's not even intentional. I think it's just, you, you want to, you tell yourself you only had three chocolates even though you somewhere deep down, you kind of know you didn't have three, you probably had more, but you don't really remember because you were just doing it while watching a movie. Um, yeah. But it's all of them things that do add up as well. So it's like, you know, oh, like, you know, I'll ask someone, did you have any, do you, do you drink anything else? Because, you know, they'll come back to me with a food diet and I'm like, okay, this is, this is like 1200 calories, but you're, you know, 10 kilos overweight. I don't understand. Like this makes sense. So I'll be like, okay, was there anything else you're not telling me? Like, no. I'm like, uh, okay, do you drink like anything during the day, like fizzy drinks? Uh, I've had, uh, yeah, probably two or three cans of Coke a day. I'm like, okay, that, that, that's probably, I don't know how many calories per can of Coke. Let's just say, let's just say two. 140. 140, that's not actually that bad. 
but yeah. that's an extra you know if you're not taking that in, into consideration that's an extra 120 20 calories and then yeah. you know I even had someone before that was eating twice a day and I was like this just this wasn't adding up like I was like she's eating twice a day I don't know how she's not dead and what happened was about three months into it she's she was like okay now it's ready to to be honest and to trust this guy and tell him that I drink a bottle of wine every single night and I was like okay I was like okay this is slightly outside of my scope but is it red or white uh I don't know I think maybe red but um I don't drink wine, but the the problem with that was the drinking problem. No, um, that yeah, that's not that's exactly two thousand calories in itself. But it, it's not even. I'm not even trying to address that that issue there. That's an issue in itself. But my issue with that is that what you say, two thousand calories in a bottle of wine, in a red bottle of red wine, it's around yeah. two thousand calories. Like, it's a lot of drink. like I like I don't know if I'd be alive like if I drank that much every day. But people's bodies surprisingly get used to what you regularly consume somehow. But that was 2,000. Like, well, just say it's a small bottle of wine. That was at least 1,000 calories that I didn't know anything about for three months. So there was that level of dishonesty there that meant then she got no results and she was getting mad at me saying, I'm paying you all this money. I'm not getting results. Why not? I'm like, okay, this, we, I found out three months later, this is why honesty matters. Like, and you just have to be honest with yourself as well. Like if you are doing that, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you shouldn't drink. I'm probably going to tell you that like fair play for drinking, if it's helping you um, deal with something else that's going on, because like you said, even with your stress, you're stressed in work, you grab the bottle of wine. That's a yeah. human, it's a human thing to go, okay, I'm stressed. What will help me stress? What will help me deal with the stress? And you grab a bottle of wine or glass or a can, and you think that's going to help the stress. And I'm not going to like get into that like debate entirely. Um, but what am I trying to say with that, that if you aren't kind of open, I guess, and honest with yourself and with your coach and you're expecting big results, then you're like, you're not going to get them. Like change needs to happen in order for change to happen. You can't just, yeah, you have to be ready without, without change. You have to be in a state of ready for, for changing yourself yeah, exactly which is that's one reason why i don't really sell like vouchers and stuff because what i found in the past is someone will buy it for somebody and then that person will come but that person that comes isn't ready for change they're not mentally yeah. they're just given a gift and they're like fuck i better use this so they use it but that doesn't necessarily mean they're actually going to get any results or progress whatsoever because they just felt like they had to use it. They didn't feel like this is what I need to do. They didn't see the value in it. Um, yeah. The best clients are the ones that are like, right, what do I need to do? And then you say to them, and then they go and do more research themselves. Yeah. Like, like I know this may sound silly, but like people need to try and learn to help themselves a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we, we shouldn't all be like spoon fed like what we need to be doing all the time. And I'm kind of like uh, a classic case of that because I really struggle with new things. I'm yeah. like, oh, but, and I'm a doing learner. So I have to be literally, and you know this, I have to be taken through step by step whilst I'm doing it in order to know how to do it, which is a pain. Yeah. <laughs> 
for me. But like everything I've learned from like my PT and like nutrition and even chefing, like has all been through extra research that I've done and that I've read and that I've watched and followed and taken notes on and, and then applied into my own training and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah I definitely think that there has to be some element of like a willingness to what I call it is kind of self growth really. So it's just like, like if you want to get to a different place than where you are now, then you need to kind of look inward a bit. And yeah, even for me, like one just simple example would be like, I, I partic- I know that caffeine doesn't agree with me. So going back to like that seminar thing with Mark Olds, it was in London, if anyone knows him. And it was what year was it? it was probably, was it this time mm-hmm. last year? Was it, was it before June. Christmas or after Christmas? It was before Christmas. It was November. Oh, so yeah, it would have been now. Was it a year ago? It would have been around this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It was That was a quick year. Um, so it was about a year ago anyway. But at that time, I know as well, I had I had a cost, a large cost of coffee that morning that when my watch told me my stress was through the roof. Um a large cost of coffee and I think I might have had one or two cans of monster like just to get me over the fucking the morning <laughs> and looking back like me looking at that now that sounds ridiculous but at the time I was like okay I'm tired I need something grab ca- caffeine I didn't like just learn that okay ca- caffeine doesn't it doesn't really solve anything I kind of questioned it a bit did a bit of research into it and just found as well that caffeine doesn't particularly agree with me that well. I'll have it in very small doses. Like I only drink decaf tea. I love the taste of coffee, but I might have one every week or every two weeks, even though I used to have like two to three a day. Yeah. But I know it sounds heartbreaking for some people, especially if you love coffee. I like milk, I, latte. I'm on like, um, I'll drink but between the thing two is, and five coffees a day. Yeah. But like I'd, I would probably have a heart attack or something. I'd be in hospital. And it's just, it's just the way it is. Like I just have a low threshold for caffeine or low tolerance. Yeah. For it. Um, but that for me to figure out, okay, something's going on here. It wasn't just the caffeine. It was managing stress overall. But I looked at it and said, okay, is this caffeine, is this coffee like adding much to me now? Is it taking away more than it's giving? And it was completely, it was meaning that I was adrenally fatigued. Like yeah. I was just, I was up here. Like I was just way, way too to like accelerate it, you know, like, cause sometimes yeah, yeah. you can't just be up there all the time. You need to, for anyone that can't see this, I'm putting my hands up in there. <laughs> you can't be always up here. You have to be kind of somewhere in between. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Like it's sort of like a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's not just a straight fucking line up. Like nothing is. Yeah. Um, but that required a bit of self, like a willingness to learn a bit more about like what was happening, what was going on with me. And since then I've managed my stress way more. Like I'm, I don't even think, I wouldn't consider myself a stressed person. I think we all have, everyone has stress from day to day. But like, you know, for example, my mom was, I think she, her car broke down one day. It was, I think it was last year sometime, her car just broke down and she rang me like out of the blue and she just said, you know, she's like, I don't want you to panic. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to panic. Like what, what's up? Like, she's like, oh, the car broke down. I'm stuck in the middle of the road. I was like, okay, that's grand. I was like, and what are you going to do about it? She's like, oh, your brother's coming to get me whatever. I was like, okay. It's okay, that's fine. I was like, why did you call me? <laughs> and she said that she rang me because she knew that I wouldn't be stressed because she was very stressed and she wanted someone to just talk calmly about the situation and just, 
And, you know, like, cause I could have, I don't know, I'm just, I'm good at handling that. But if I was on three, four coffees a day, my, and my head was wound up, I would not have been able to deal with that well. And that all came from kind of a, me looking inward, um, trying to figure out what works for me, what doesn't, and not just drinking coffee because everybody else does or because I love the taste. Sometimes you like things and they're just not for you. And that's the way it is, unfortunately. But I, I'll, yeah, say that, like, I'll have, I'll have decaf coffees and, like I, I made a coffee this morning and I thought I was going to drink it. I took a sip out of it and I just knew, I was like, no, I was like, this is not going to be worth it. So my head is going to be too wound up. Some days it just, it, it's like, cause caffeine is a drug, but for me, it's like a fucking super drug nearly. So right. I have to, I have to be a bit careful with it and not just ignore that sign that my body's telling me like, nope, this is not really, I'm not agreeing with this, I'm not liking this. So yeah, like you said, that was a bit of a tangent, but like you said, like people have to kind of look inward a bit and be willing to to change and to grow and to do some research themselves. Because if I went to the doctor, the last thing the doctor would have said was, you might be drinking too much caffeine. He probably would have said, here's a tablet, take this, and that will yeah. sort the jitters out. And I'm like, no, it probably won't. It will probably make me really sleepy and make me pile weight on, if anything. So... <laughs> unfortunately with the way the medical system is here anyway i'm not sure about england but you're very often just given like a plaster on a bullet wound like you go to the doctor for something like here's a tablet take this it's just the way it is so you do have to do a bit of learning you do have to go to other professionals in different areas and i'm not saying don't go to the doctor definitely do like regularly but i think that they can only do so much their job is only to do so much and you have to do a bit of work on your own or with a coach as well. Like a coach can help you, but you still have to put in a bit of time into learning more about yourself and who you want to, to be and what you want to do and how you want to feel. Yeah. I would say as well, like, um, as a coach, the industry is changing quite rapidly at the moment in terms of we are now finding that people want body composition goals in terms of like dropping fat, building muscle. Yeah. But actually if we take health markers and make them the primary, the body composition com- goals come as a secondary due to you being more healthy. Yeah. Like making sure you're drinking your water, making sure you're getting your sleep, eating your fruit and veg, like, being like well rested, taking some you time, de-stressing, like that means that your then output for the gym is more efficient. You're able to shift more weight. You're able to exert more energy. You're able to have better form, which in turn causes you to lose fat, build muscle, all of these things, you know. Yeah. So, so many people strive for... I want to get a six pack or I want to lose X amount of weight. And so why don't we look at you drinking three liters of water a day, getting eight hours sleep and eating seven portions of fruit and veg. And then, and then let's see how you go from there. Like sometimes it's not all about killing people in the gym through training. Like some people might come into you and be like, let's say you're a lawyer and you're highly stressed, you're up from six in the morning, you're working late, eight o'clock at night, and say you're able to get to the gym from 8.30 till um, quarter past nine, a lawyer 
with that amount of stress, that amount of cortisol and pressure running throughout their day is probably not going to appreciate or value being smashed on the leg press to jumping lunges type thing where they're just, again, cortisol is just being smashed through the roof and all the rest of it. Whereas what they need is like to be nurtured and to be like, right, okay, we're going to, we're going to take you through like a workout that's not going to be as intense, but, we're still going to get you focused on your breathing get, and use it as like a de-stressing workout instead yeah. of just smash, 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 which is unfortunately what a lot of people think they need to do all the time. Like some of the best progressions that I've made personally have been from just turning up and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the gym training for an hour, an hour and a half. It's like, right, concentrate on this one movement yeah and do it really well and execute it really well three days in a row and the next week you're like oh we can put more weight on this because we've um more energy from sleep we've nailed that movement we're more efficient in other areas which then causes the adaptation and the growth and um you to become more efficient within your training you know yeah, and just on that as well, like if you, like training is a form of stress, like because we, we, like day to day, we always have forms of stress and stress is what keeps us alive, like believe it or not. But what's yeah. happening is stress has become too, like too controlling where, the, where there's just too much stress and not, not enough like downtime and relaxation and things. Um, so I definitely agree with that, like that sometimes people just need to be nurtured and Oftentimes times as well, if you have someone that's very, very stressed, you go, okay, basically they're coming to you saying, I'm very stressed to work lots of hours. I don't get enough sleep. And you're going, okay, what I'm going to do is put you through the most amount of stress I can put you through and make you do drop sets and we'll do, like, we'll do hit and cross yeah, we'll high intensity CrossFit kind of stuff. Like, and we'll just pound your ass and, and <laughs> you're going to go home and you're going to sleep like a fucking baby. You're going to wake up wrecked, but you're going to, <laughs> you might get sick, but like, like that's not what that's not what people need. Some people do. Very I have cool. made people get sick in the gym and not intentionally, but they're the type of person that come to me and say, You need to push me hard because that's what they're paying you for and that's what I do. Some people come in and you know that even if they want you to push them hard, that's not what they need and they need a bit of nurturing. Um so yeah, I definitely That comes down to experience though, right? It does as well, yeah, for sure. Like at the start I was getting everyone doing hit type stuff because I thought that was what what work everyone needed no everyone needs to sweat like but just going on that as well because the common question i get is is about sweat and so if anyone's listening to this they might just quickly understand this that sweating does not equate fat loss or effort whatsoever sweating is just your body's way of cooling you down like that's literally yeah. so if your temperature fat doesn't up, you cry sweat. yeah <laughs> fat loss doesn't cry yeah yeah fat loss doesn't cry you know like i'm like people sweat in different amounts like i sweat profusely like i i walk in dry as a bone and i walk out and people are like oh you you just been for a dip in the river like sweet yeah like quite literally i can take my shirt off sometimes and wring it out Yeah, yeah whereas like other people like 
Like, mate, we'll, I, we'll I put them through gym. a beast I, of a workout, can, and they're like, nah, no sweats on me. I can go to the gym in these clothes and come out with not a single sweat patch on me, and it can be a tough session. Like, Ugh. literally, it can be a tough session, and I just... You're not working hard enough. Yeah, not what it is. I just don't... Like, I, I'm a very warm person, and I sweat quite a lot anyway, just, like, generally sitting down and things when I go to the gym, because I guess of how I'm used to it, and just genetically, I don't sweat as much as other people and that does that mean that I'm not going to lose weight absolutely not like it has nothing to do with that it's just a, no. um okay so we've kind of got through a lot there and talked we've touched on a lot of different topics that I'm really happy about because I do think people can take a lot from that um I'll just get through like a few more questions and try wrap it up so it's not like very very long because I'm yep. aware that people don't like listening to things that are like two hours long people have a thing called attention spans and lives. <laughs> so they might need to stop it. Well, they can they can go on their walk and get their 10,000 steps in and this will be the perfect length podcast. Exactly, exactly. So maybe we'll make it longer. You make a fair point. <laughs> but um, you're starting a lockdown. Well, you just you started a lockdown in England, haven't you? Yeah. Um, what are you going into that? Because you've, we've, like, you've been through one. I'm in the middle of, we're in the middle of another one in Ireland at the minute. Um, what is going to be your main focus to help you get through the lockdown this time? So I have set up a support group on my Facebook page. Um, so I really want to be able to give um, uh, strategies and support within that group through both diet, exercise, and um, like mental health wise as well like just to let people know that like they can always message me and i'll take a call and they're really stressed about stuff and i'll try and help them navigate through the issues that they're going through um i've set up daily uh daily scorecards for people to have accountability so they can track what they're doing daily and i'm i'm doing it as well so it's really good for me i've also like i plan my day so I know yeah. where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, and just for me, it's just about trying to drive as much value um, on, my, on my Instagram page and um, networking with like guys like you, other PTs, doing podcasts, doing Q&As, etc. Trying to... Um, make sure my diet's in check, you know, like not, not going crazy. Like I definitely find that when I'm in a kitchen, I eat constantly. It doesn't matter what time I start, what time I finish, I just eat. Uh, whereas now I've been home for a while. I'm like finding I'm getting into a good routine of, um, I'll do kind of like intermittent fasting where I won't eat until 12, one o'clock. Um, and then I'll have like uh, a main meal later on, but then I will have like a later snack at the same yeah. time, like at night, because I'm up quite late. I'm a night owl. Um, and then, yeah, just try and drill in some training. Like I've got to um, make a bit of a home workout area in my garage, which I'm hopefully going to do tomorrow. Um, but yeah, just try and keep other people accountable um 
keep in contact with like my mentor and my mentoring group and make sure that they hold me accountable for what I'm doing and just uh, keep learning, keep reading and keep like self-developing myself, you know? Yeah, that's perfect. So like you're just focusing on kind of working, working on yourself and controlling what you can control. There was like, yeah, you know, like I know for myself, some, I, preach a lot so people are probably sick of hearing this but i just like i don't listen to the news especially like i never really did but especially around this time like with covid and everything like you turn on the news like straight away what you're going to see is the number of cases how many people are dead like you don't yeah. turn on the news and it, like never have i turned on the news to see like this many people have died from cancer today but for some reason because covid is new you turn it on like because like would you do that would you put yourself through that would you put don't, the TV on? Don't even get me started on this. Yeah. Don't even get me started yeah. on this. But, but this is a whole, a whole yeah. other can of worms that it really is. gets my go. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even annoy me as much. It's more, it's just something I don't even think about much because it's, it's just never on. Uh, the radio, like I, in the car, like I listen to music because that puts yeah. me, you know, like I'm very much about like controlling what you, what you, um, what you allow into your like atmosphere as well and environment if you can. So, you know, like if you're listening to the music and it's, it's shit music and it's, it's all about like dying and sadness and things like that's probably how you're going to feel. Turn like, it over. Listen to the news and it's telling you how many people are dying. That's probably what's going to be on your mind when you go to bed. That's probably, yeah, I've... Thought, you know, so you have to kind of, I think you have to control that. Like if you want to feel a bit better, like turn the news off, like listen to good music surround yourself with positive people listen to podcasts like this that aren't going to to talk too negatively like i hope that this is a negative but like listen to other people that are like trying to get the most out of life not someone telling you how many people have died from x yeah. how many times a day like because you realistically you don't need to know that like what's it going to add to you what's it going to add to unless it's affecting you directly there's no yeah. need to worry unless like, maybe, like you're an, a nurse and you need to know how many cases but like you you'll probably be told anyway it's probably not going to be on the news but yeah like, yes if unless you actually need to listen to the news which most people don't just turn it turn it off just put on a disney movie instead <laughs> yeah i'm quite a, a big believer in that like um Nobody really takes note about anything worthwhile until it happens to them directly. Mm -hmm. So until someone in your family or you gets cancer, you probably, you know about it to a certain level, you understand and you empathize to a, to a certain level as well. But until it happens to you or directly to you, you probably don't really care about it. Yeah. You know? And, I think that um, with COVID, like it's so shoved in your face all the time that you have to care about it because you're forced to, to worry about it. But like, if 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 I went to the doctor tomorrow and they were like, "Yeah, you've got you've got bowel cancer." Probably someone in my family would start up a donations page for bowel cancer, even though no one else has had it before. No one else, it's never been brought to our attention before, but because I've got it now, it's all of a sudden brought, brought to the forefront, brought to the table. So until it directly affects you, 
I really wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. And though having said that, <laughs> diabetes yeah. and being overweight, <laughs> yeah. Don't let it get to that point where you are so overweight and you are classified pre-diabetic or diabetic because yeah. that's dangerous and sometimes can can be too late. But yeah. yeah. So like just with that as well, I'm going to go off the point of COVID because I think enough people hear enough about it. We've added yeah. a few cents there. And that's all I want to say about it. See you later. Bye then. <laughs> Bye. Bye COVID. <laughs> Um, and we'll move on to just how you were saying earlier as well, because you touched on it there with exercise that, that like, it's about much more than just losing body fat and, and like having abs or like having a thigh gap or whatever you think it is. Like I want to lose the beer belly. Like, yes, it's good to have like them, them goals in place and to want to, to look a bit better. Um, but what some people I think I feel is neglected or not talked about enough is actually the actual health side effects like that come with you know making lifestyle changes like like you said if you if you're overweight like if your sugar levels are too high you're you risk getting diabetes type 2 like you're at high risk of that if you're highly stressed you're at risk of like strokes heart attacks heart disease um if you're drinking regularly smoking regularly if you're stressed as well and you're just eating absolute shit all the time, like you have a higher risk of getting cancers as well. Um, all of them things matter as well a lot. Like, so I think if people can think about them things and, you know, like one thing I joke about with my mom is like that we were out for a walk the other day and she was, she's like, Oh, my knee, she went stepping up something. I was like, I was like, okay, mom, like I said, you're not 70, you're not 80 years old. Like this, this shouldn't be happening. I said, you need to start doing your squats again because 10 years time, if your knee is at you now, like where's that knee going to be in 10 years time? Probably going to need a replacement because you didn't do anything to help build it up or you might be able to get up and down off the chair. Like it's that serious. Like people need to start thinking about not just now, but they need to think about the future. Like, do you want to give yourself the best chance at like life? Like, and I think it's very simple. Like you need to just make time for exercise. You need to make time for eating the foods, you know, we should be eating and invest in your health whether that's get a coach um do a course read books podcasts go to seminars like i'm not saying you need to go to get a coach but it might speed things up but i learned a lot for free on google as well myself like don't believe everything everything you read just make sure it's a credible source but there is a lot you can learn for free online as well and that's an investment of your time into your health which will then create more time so like time is our most valuable asset you will have less time if you die of diseases at an early age that possibly could have been prevented. Yeah. We, as um, we've progressed, like, you know, like we, we like to try and just find the problem, solve the problem instead of finding the solution to the problem, (laughs) you know, the pre-existing problem. Yeah. So it's like, but the issue is, is that people know smoking damages their lungs. People know that it can cause throat and lung cancer. People know eating too much food causes excess weight gain. Now, even with people knowing this, they still um, dive down that rabbit hole of just consuming 
And I think a lot of the time it comes down to a much deeper level of self-worth and self-love from within as to accepting yourself as who you are as a person as opposed to trying to be something that you're not and trying to portray an image of yourself that you're not. Like someone that um, has always been overweight or carries excess weight may look at themselves in the mirror and stand there and say, I'm, I'm fat. I'm a, I'm a fat person. It's like, but are you, or are you just a human that is currently carrying excess body weight? Yeah. And like, once you can tap into that, like the human psychology of actually being a big person that carries excess weight does not make me a bad person. And a lot of overweight people would probably say that they would have issue with somewhere along the lines, whether it stems from childhood, parents, bullied at school, yeah. um, groups, whatever. You know, it all, it all stems from something that has happened in the past as to where you are now. Being able to let that go, which is not easy, but accepting it for what it was or where it, where it has been, but knowing that you can change your own path through habits, um, beliefs, psychology, beliefs, mindset, will make a huge difference, you know, into your outlook in life, what you can achieve. Like, um, like imagining, like, I know this may be a bit extreme, but say you have a client that, or I have a client that needs to lose, say, 20 kilos, which is like 50 pounds. Instead of like saying, right, you need to cut this out, you need to cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. You have a talk with them and try and talk around the psychology of like, so when you are 50 pounds lighter or 25 kilos lighter, what types of foods do you think you would be eating? Like, imagine you are an athlete. An athlete doesn't fuel themselves and do their training based off of someone that is not an athlete. Do you know what I mean? And when you start to treat yourself and change yeah. the psychology of how you look at yourself, that is a huge, huge turning point a lot of the time. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think so. Um, I think that everyone at some stage before they even start the journey, they need to be told like, this is kind of an idea of where you, you want to go. And like, what I'll do is let's say if someone calls me, I'll ask them kind of where are they now, what's the problem, what, what's stopping them from getting there. But then I'll use that information to say, you've told me like, you know, you're unhappy. You told me you're stressed. You told me you overeat because of stress. So this is where you are now. Like what, like just imagine for a minute sometime in the future, what life would look like without all of these things. And then when you actually think that you're, you are bringing that into existence, you're like, okay, that's, that's what it looks like. And then you've answered the questions for yourself. You know what you need to do to get there. And it's the same way if you're overindulging in food, um, drink, like cigarettes, sweets, like sex, like anything at all. Like if you're overindulging in things, you just release stress and get rid of stuff. Like you said, it's something much deeper than that. Um, it's, it comes down to your self-worth and, and 
how you see yourself. And I think that everyone listening to this as well is one thing I've really learned this year is that everybody is like deserving of success and deserving of doing well and that everybody has their own unique place in this world. Like, so if you're not meeting the, the standards that you set yourself, you're not like your friends, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong. Like you were like, you're perfectly unique and you have a lot of potential. So like, if you learn how to tap into that potential, you can do great things no matter who you are and no matter what you've done in the past. Cause that's behind us. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that, um, getting that belief within yourself is huge, but then having an actual plan and understanding what you need to do to move forward with that plan is the, another huge step as well. You know, like you can be, in a forest trying to build a log cabin but you haven't got an axe yeah like how are you how are you gonna build it and don't are be you? a smart ass and think i've got a chainsaw <laughs> or you're trying to put together something you bought from ikea but there's no there's no manual you don't you like yeah. like okay i know this should probably go here this thing should probably yeah. go there i have all the tools i need but am i going to wing this or like yeah. am i going to look at it step by step like so and that's that's the basic job of a coach. And like, that's, but I'm in that exact situation now. Like I've decided to hire a mentor and a business coach. Yeah. And it helps just to put those things into play. They've been where you've been. Like I've been overweight. I've been skinny, skinny fat. I've put muscle on. I've gone being really strong through injuries, you know, like different training modalities, etc. So it's like, as coaches, we've been there. We know what it's we know what it's like. We like don't wake 19, up perfect athletes, that's for sure. Yeah. Ninety percent of the time. Um so just with because you're a chef and obviously you make really nice meals. I see them and I drew looking at them like they're just I don't know why my food presentation skills I think lack, but my food actually tastes quite good. Um, so it's hard to convey that through social media because it's very visual. So like I can't get we a taste with our eyes, unfortunately, or the screen, the the phone screen. Um, what are some of your tips for making healthy, tasty meals? So like not just healthy meals because I think anyone can make a, a a healthy like like a nutritious meal. Yeah. When I say health, I mean nutritious. I mean veg, fruit, fibers, nuts, grains, like beans. I I mean like nutrients that's what i mean by health um but how can tips for just people to make it make them healthy cool so um you obviously want to try and get as much whole foods as you can so like the least processed foods going to be better for you um and that can be something as simple as swapping white rice for brown rice because it's just just has that little bit more it yeah. has the husk and it's just a bit more nutritious for you and um again it kind of comes down to like research really like a lot of a lot of people get stuck in a rut of the same meals over and over oh we're gonna have this we're gonna have this. And it's because they know what to do and it's like be a bit adventurous be yeah. like okay maybe i'm gonna search um, 
top five Moroccan salads, and then you're going to come up with tabbouleh, bulgari, Israeli couscous, like, and you can yeah. and maybe like a goat's head. Uh, they're not. They're not meals. They're not familiar names in the Irish household. Anyway, <laughs> it's chicken curry. There's no uh, meat and potatoes in this dish. Chicken curries, steak and spuds, it's bacon and cabbage. and <laughs> Bacon and cabbage. Oh, I used to love bacon and cabbage. It's that right? on repeat. On white sauce. Yeah, but like you said, just be a bit adventurous with it. Like I used to be very, very fussy eater. I used to only eat pasta and cheese. Like nothing else. Like my parents had to sleep yeah, and my, my waddies and things. Um, what I like, eventually was, I was just like, okay, I need to, I need to eat like an adult now because I was becoming older. I was like, <laughs> it wasn't just taste, but so I was like, I need to cop on, like, because this is just not good. I know it's not good. Like you're told yeah. this in school, like eat your vegetables, like you, like you tell your kids, you know, like you, you do a better job at feeding them than you do yourself. Um, but sometimes people need to take their own advice and they know what they need to do, and then to make healthy meals, like like you said, it's going to take a little bit of work. Like I'll often, people are always asking me, "Geez, how are you so good in the kitchen?" I'm like. Like I'll I'll have an idea. I'll see what I have in the fridge. Okay, let's say I have mince. I have kidney beans. Okay, let me look up a chili that's a bit different that I haven't made before. And like, if you can do that and just kind of like it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't think like I often just wing it. I'm like I'm gonna throw in a dash of this, a dash of that. Yeah, use what you have. You can make a really nice dish that like fills. People you get people get too worried and anxious about cooking. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, like. Um, I'm cooking a meal tonight, which is going to be like um, a creamy chicken pasta dish, okay. similar to like a carbonara. And um, I I thought of instead of using just pure like cream to make like the sauce and like pasta to have the pasta, I was like, I'll make like courgette ribbons. Yeah. So I can swap out some of the pasta and implement courgette. Okay. So it's then like, right, I'm adding another vegetable into my dish. And then instead of just like the cream, getting an overripe avocado, blitzing it up with onion and garlic and turning that into like a puree. So that's like my sauce. So then I'm adding some avocado as like the sauce instead yeah. of it just being high fat double cream. I'm adding high fat avocado cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it will also make it a bit green and a bit different. You know what I mean? Um, that sounds. But that comes delicious. comes from like experience and like just trying things out. You know, like you just got to try it out. Um, yeah, like don't don't go too just simple swaps. Like. Um, if you if you're looking to reduce fat and calories, like swapping out red meat for white meat, fish, like double check your fishes. Like, are you having like salmon? Are you having mackerel? Are you having like sardines, which are high fats, which is great in terms of like your omega threes, omega three, six, and nine. Yeah. Um, but also keep the con- keep into consideration that they might be higher the calories because there's a lot of fat. Yeah, because the higher fat content yeah. within the fish. Um, so there's those different things to think about. Um, and then just portion control. So like I'm a big eater and like I always have been a big eater. So, cause I know that that's why I try to eat 
less during the day so that I can have. You still have your big tasty meals, yeah. Yeah, so like today I've had a protein shake, a banana, a bunch of grapes and an apple, which is probably what? About 550 calories all in all? Three o'clock now. Yeah, and I'm going to have some dinner at like half five, six. And then I will have another snack at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But by snack, it's literally going to be like another meal. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically dinner number two. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Dinner. So like this morning, I got up and I had a smoothie because I just I really like getting smoothies in and just open my fruit and veg, and that was one of the main things I'm focused on this week. So I usually just start with a smoothie because it's quite low calorie as well. It kind of fills me a bit, gives me a little bit of sugar. I feel a bit more energized. And then typically like mm. 12 or 1, I'll have like a big meal. Sometimes if I'm in a rush to get out the door, then I'll have a bigger meal first. But I think a lot of people are in the same boat where they're working at home now or just at home. Um, yeah. So I'll have something small like a smoothie or a shake and then, you know, a few hours later, then have a, a kind of relatively big breakfast. And then what is it, 3 now? That was like half 12. Like after this, I'll probably have like a fairly big kind of meal. Um what I'll probably do is and like train. Train. I'll train or go for walks. So I'll have a small snack before that, then the big meal after, and then later on maybe some some yogurt and fruit and and um, whey protein or something. Like I'll change that up on here, but I'll have one big meal where I don't I don't necessarily worry about the calories. I'm like I want something big and tasty, and I know that that I can have that without sacrificing like my current goals because. I've eaten a bit less throughout the day. Whereas like, yeah, everyone would love to eat. Like I'd love to eat very tasty meals all the time. Like I'd love to eat Italian foods every day of the week. Chances are like if I eat pizza, pasta, like every day, creamy sauces, pestos, like, like high fat yeah. and desserts and things. I'm probably not just going to, I'm not going to hit my goals in terms of calories. It's just not going to happen. So you yeah. have to be a bit realistic there as well. And you do have to eat a bit like an adult, like, yeah, but uh, having said that, like you could be like, right, I'm gonna have a weekend of eating like that, but then you could be like, right, Monday and Tuesday or like Thursday and Friday, I'm just gonna eat like a rabbit, and you could literally could just that, consume. It sounds quite miserable, but that's another approach, and it's all down to like what works. It is another approach. It's like professional eaters do it yeah. to keep their weight down. Yeah, like, I know. I know that's one of the ways that they do it because they're consuming like meals that can be massive 10,000 to like 14,000 calories in one sitting. Yeah. So like you think about like that's a lot of calories. That's a huge amount. So in order for them to get through the the following week or like the, the time before, they'll only try and consume like 800 calories, but they'll do it on lettuce and watermelon yeah, yeah. which to me sounds absolutely miserable <laughs> but there's different there's different <laughs> yeah of course and you you can even like you could eat pizza and pasta every day and still lose weight as well it just probably wouldn't be the most nutritious way to do it you probably wouldn't feel the best you'd have a lot of bloat digestion no, and you probably wouldn't have that body many composition goals as well yeah and you wouldn't be getting enough protein it might be detrimental so. right yeah Exactly. Because like if, if your goal is to put muscle on, we know that you need regular protein feeding in order to achieve that. Yeah. If you're only eating once a day you, and you're hammering 
150 grams of protein in, that's not optimal for muscle protein synthesis and for you to keep building that muscle. Whereas what you need to be doing is drip feeding that protein in. Hence why I had a protein shake earlier and I will probably have, I'll probably have like a, a protein snack now. Yeah. And then I'll have like a, a good bit of protein with my meal and stuff as well. Yeah, so I think just we'll we'll close this up. Uh, one question I ask everyone at the end is, and none of this has been like, um, none of this has been prepared. Like James didn't know any questions I was asking him. And I don't think most people know the question I ask at the end, but I do try to ask at the end of every podcast to get very different like answers. Just to end it on a bit of a happy note, like what does happiness mean to you? Oh... Happiness to me is is like um, it comes in so many different forms for me. Like happiness comes in feeling content with yourself, feeling at ease with the world, um, lying in a hammock on a beach, uh, like reading a book i have i have so many like yeah but happiness comes in so many different forms to me that it's like not easy to just pick one form of happiness like happiness can be i don't know like just like i helped an old man the other day carry his shopping home and for the rest of the day i felt really happy yeah, because I'd I'd help someone else. Like happiness is can be helping someone. Um, like yeah, it's just, it's a state. Happiness is a state of mind and feeling at the same time. I feel that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fun to like hear the answers because it's not it's very subjective. Like happiness is very um, in independently answered like it, it can mean one thing to someone and that could be someone's nightmare so it's cool to see the answers i get and i really like that answer so it's like it's literally just the small things for you it's the various different yeah. things you just like and helping other people is one big thing as well yeah exactly like happiness to one coach could be getting getting their client chiseled inside out whereas happiness to me can be my client messaging me saying I feel like my anxiety is dropping yeah you know that that brings me a sense of happiness yeah for sure I think like happiness even for me it's similar enough it's something small like it's all the small things and even this morning like did my check-ins I was delighted with that because I'm always delighted to see how my clients are doing because most of the time, like they're all doing as well as the, well, they're always, always doing as well as they can, but they're all doing, doing really well. And that brings me immense happiness. And then another thing, cause that's just the job side of it. Another thing then was like me just listening to music while poaching my eggs, listening to like soul music. Yeah. Hopping around the kitchen. Like, like that's happiness. Like even like these type of conversations for me, like bringing like-minded individuals together to talk about things that they're both passionate about, that's happiness to me as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think it's to, to try to include more things that make you happy. If you can, remove anything that makes you 
overly upset for no reason. That's, that's yeah, stuff. I agree. Well, 100%. I think we'll, we'll close it on that that note. Um, and just where can people find you if they're not familiar with you? Social medias. Awesome. So um, most of my stuff is just on my Instagram, which is at ptchest underscore James. Um, yeah, just similar to yourself, just trying to help the world out a bit and yeah. help people achieve their goals and what they're, they're wanting to do, both physically and mentally. Yeah, that's essentially what I'm doing as well. Uh, thank you so much for the, the call. And I'm sure thank I'll have you. you on again as well because even though you might not feel like you're in the most like successful place, say right now, because it's going through a lot of change, I think it'd be interesting to see where you are right now. We'll talk about that and then have you on in six months' time, see where you are then. Like business should be blooming and hopefully we'll be out of lockdowns and things by then and the world will be moving at a much faster rate again. But um it was it was really nice to have you on and hear about your your current experience and I think a lot of people can relate to that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been great to be on. Thank you.